It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. As of the current reporting, there are eight GM candidates for the Vikings. The new Vikings GM probably comes off this list, so I'm going to rank all eight of them for you here on today's episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings. Your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And today on the show, it is going to be a GM extravaganza. So thank you so much for making Locked on Vikings your first listen of the day throughout this entire hiring process and, of course, the offseason that ensues. Today on the show, we're talking GM candidates. This is not my list of preferred candidates. There's actually some people I would have liked that aren't on this list that I actually talked about last time I did this, which was a few weeks ago. I had viewer suggested ones, uh, listener suggested ones, but... Now we have a list of who has actually been requested to interview, and it sounds like this is the shortlist. Maybe there's an internal candidate somewhere, but it sounds like this is the shortlist. So I took them all, researched them as best I can, and it's kind of hard in front offices to know who is responsible for what, but I did the best I could, and uh, this is the list. Now, I rank these candidates in order of, like, my preference, what I would advocate for if I were in the room, but there's a lot of them that I would like. I think there's multiple right answers here. There's some wrong answers, in my opinion, but it is, of course, a matter of opinion, and it's also sourced off of kind of the best information I could gather. So there's a lot of, like, I don't really know the answer to who was responsible for what, and if I'm wrong about it, then it would change the opinion. So a lot of these opinions are subject to change, but I figure it's at least a good way to introduce you to the list of people that probably contains the next GM of the Vikings. So I'm going to start at the top and work my way down. Most favorite to least favorite. My most favorite candidate, I think I share this with a lot of people, is a pretty popular take, is Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. He's the VP of Football Operations for the Cleveland Browns. By the way, front offices all have different structures, so their, like, actual title is probably, like, you could probably just ignore it, like, VP of Player Personnel versus Director of Football Operations versus Executive Assistant of Football Personnel, like, all of it kind of means the same thing, like, person who is the right-hand man of the GM is basically all of these um, are in some way, shape, or form, like, a, a right-hand assistant of the GM, um, and, you know, like, a, the, the first mate on the ship, if you will. And that's Kwesi. So Kwesi is weird. He is a very weird GM candidate. Most of these people like came up through the ranks and they scouted for a while and then they were part of some successful front offices and now they're, you know, they got a couple promotions. Um, and there are a few patterns as well, like Kwesi, who I think is like 42, um, like Kwesi, 
all these people are very young for GM candidates. We go all the way down to like 33, 35 year olds and uh, 42 is as old as it gets. So this is very much like the Vikings are very clearly looking for a young, fresh take. And they're looking for people who are not afraid to think outside the box. And that is Kwesi to a T. So he was before football, which was like not that long ago. Kwesi was a day trader. He was like a Wall Street guy. And um, he kind of took lessons from that, but he always wanted to get into football. So he took like, I think it was a, a scouting internship and then kind of worked his way up from there. And listening to him talk, he is very much a sponge. Like he wants to absorb everything he can possibly learn from everyone. He worked with San Francisco for a long time. And he talks about he was there in 2017 and 2018, the two years before their Super Bowl run. And that Super Bowl run, if you remember, they were kind of a surprise team because they were very bad in the years leading up to that. One of them, Jimmy Garoppolo, got hurt. The other one, they had like a big QB carousel. Those years went really, really bad for them. But they didn't panic, and then they kind of stayed the course, and they just tried to keep building, and then they went to the Super Bowl. And I think Kwesi kind of learned that don't panic thing. Now, that might be attractive to you considering the panic moves that Rick Spielman made, right? There's a lot of moves you can say, like the ponder pick, a panic move, the unique Ngakwe trade, a panic move, the same bad Bradford trade, a panic move. I like the don't panic aspect that he has. And... Um, he, he talks about like, don't blink, you don't, you're not blinking, like stay the course kind of thing, but don't mistake that for conservatism. Uh, he's very much like an outsider's perspective guy. And I think he, like a lot of us uh, outsiders look at the sport and say, man, these guys never take any risks. These guys always just take the safe route instead of the right one. Wow. And that is kind of the way it is in the NFL, which makes me a little more forgiving about it. Cause like it, everybody's like that. Um, but for Kwesi, he's like, well, why don't we like be a little more? So he is very into being aggressive, live or die by the risk and, uh, you know, do it straightforward, no hesitation, right? No half measures kind of thing. Um, and, and yeah, maybe we want that. This would be a very outside the box kind of personality. Then maybe we want that after the Vikings kind of faded into obscurity as this like very rank and file corporate don't ruffle any feathers kind of organization maybe we want to be the ones going our own way where nobody else is going maybe that's a good thing for uh for the vikings that's why Quessy is my favorite candidate of all of these on the whole list um it's a very outside the box kind of hire a very aggressive mentality and a lot of talk about taking uh advice from other people and communicating with other people and collaborating with other people. And that's something that the Vikings have kind of pointed out as a skill that they want. And that's why every reporter has Kwesi at like the first person they heard about was Kwesi Adofomensa, because he, I think, embodies that collaborative spirit, but also with the aggression and the idea of, of how to build something. You know, he's not just very good scout that's been a good scout for a long time. Um, it's, he's, he's, he's building something. I think he's by far the most fun hire and maybe I'm getting a little too wrapped up in the fun and it's not pragmatic or whatever, but screw it. It seems really fun. If it fails, it'll fail catastrophically. So you got to be at peace with that low floor, but I, I like where it can go. And I like the odds that it has for, you know, an aggressive outside the box mentality to really be what an NFL team needs. Next up is Brandon Brown. He's the VP of player personnel from the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Um, he was a player for a little bit, and then uh, he went through the pro scouting path with the Colton Eagles. So in NFL front offices, there's pro scouting. That's like free agency scouting, college scouting, like for the draft, and then advanced scouting, which is like scouting your upcoming opponent to see what they do and helping with that. So um, advance and pro scouting, that means watching NFL teams and evaluating them, basically, was his job um, during some of the absolutely insane Eagles free agency year, 2017, when they won the Super Bowl, 2018, where they were going out and making all kinds of crazy deals. So they used his, uh, evaluations, I think for that a lot. And when you listen to Brandon Brown talk, there's a lot of talk about like resiliency and adaptability. And he seems to be very focused on like rolling with the punches. And that might be very attractive. It's very attractive to me because it is, I mean, the Vikings are a very chaotic team. They just are cursed, right? So if you want to just see like they're cursed with missing kicks, they're cursed with all these weird twists and turns. And like the Zimmer Spielman era was filled with crazy scandals and stuff. And did they respond to Teddy's injury correctly? Or did they panic? You know, did they respond to COVID correctly? Or did they panic? And I think Brandon Brown is very much about keeping everything open, keeping everything flexible and making it so that you can maneuver around those things rather than painting yourself into any corners like ever. So I think uh, there's a lot about that. I, I should mention the Jalen Ragor thing. So he was in the Eagles organization when they drafted Jalen Ragor over Justin Jefferson, which of course we as Vikings fans are hyper aware of because Zimmer and Spielman laughed at them and stuff. And that's a big viral video. Um, so he didn't he was not, I don't think, in that war room. Um, he's on the pro side. I don't know if they let their pro scouts in the war room, but he's on the pro scouting side. So he's scouting with the free agents that year um, and then like scouting other teams and stuff. So I don't think he necessarily had a big hand in that. If you're worried about, you know, taking someone from the organization that made that decision. Also, kind of famously, Howie Roseman, like often just doesn't listen to his scouts. So even if he was on this college scouting side, I wouldn't be too worried about it because there's a decent chance he went, wait, we should take Jefferson instead. And then Howie Roseman at the last second panicked and did the wrong thing. And then after that, he got promoted to, I think, VP of pro personnel. Um, which deals with both the college and the pro scouting side. So then he got involved in the college scouting side, but by then the Ragor decision had been made. Um, I want to talk, I, there's six more people to get to. Um, this episode might go a little longer than the standard 30 minutes, so I'm very sorry about that if you're on a commute or something. But I, I don't want to rush through all these people. I want to really give you a sense. So this one might be a longer one. I, I don't know. Some of you people just lo love that. So what? you're welcome. I don't know. Anyways, let's talk about OnlineGambling.com. Uh, online gambling is a great place to get tips and tricks to make your bets better. And they actually sent me a, uh, a challenge to pick my Super Bowl team. I'm going Packers Chiefs, Packers over Chiefs. Sorry, everybody. They're the only good team in the league. And I feel like the Chiefs uh, have figured out their business. And I think that's the Super Bowl. And I think the Packers win it. And that stupid last, last dance thing haunts us forever. That's my prediction. In the OG tips section of the OnlineGambling.com website, they have their own prediction. You can go check that out and get all sorts of other good grambling advice. If you're planning on placing a bet during the playoffs, head to OnlineGambling.com before you do. They give you an edge. They give you trusted experience to work off of. So make sure you visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news, tips, and info to beat the odds and give you an edge throughout the playoffs. That's OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. I also want to talk to you about my favorite app right now. It's GetUpside because it saves me a bunch of money when I have to go get gas. Getting gas is expensive and it sucks. And it, with GetUpside, it's a free app and it'll tell you which gas stations are participating. You go to one of those, fill up, send, uh, send a picture of your receipt, just upload it through the app and they will just give you cash back 
25 cents off a gallon. Boom, that's it. No catch, no nothing. You can deposit that however and whenever you want. You can just do a direct deposit into your bank or if you prefer Amazon or Google Play gift card or something like that um, if, if you're more comfortable with that. And if you enter promo code TOUCHDOWN when you sign up, it's 50 cents a gallon off at, on your first fill up. Add all those savings up. If you drive a lot, that's like two, 300 bucks a month. Like it adds up 25 cents a gallon at the pump, 50 cents on your first fill up if you use promo code TOUCHDOWN with the Get Upside app. Once again, thank you so much for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. Let's keep rolling through these GM candidates. The next one, by the way, these are all candidates that the Vikings like requested an interview with. So this is not my list. This is the Vikings list. And I'm ranking the people on it according to my own opinions, which you don't have to care about. But at least I can give you some info. Um, so the next on my list is Ryan Poles. He's the executive director of player personnel for the Kansas City Chiefs. He has been with the Kansas City Chiefs since 2009. Now, if you look at the trajectory of the Kansas City Chiefs over that time, you will notice that Ryan Poles has survived a lot of reorganizations and a lot of overhauls and a lot of rebuilds and a lot of nuke buttons. Um, he was there with Scott Pioli, I think, at the first place, and then Scott Pioli kind of left in disgrace. The The John Dorsey era happened. He survived through all that. And then uh, Brett Veach came, and Brett Veach, he's getting promoted through all this instead of just being washed out with all the other uh, org clearing outs. Ryan Poles seems to really have impressed everybody that's come in through that Chiefs organization. Um, what he does, he's in the scouting department, um, mostly on the college scouting side. That's most of his job. And he definitely is focused on offensive line. So this would be the hire of, I'm sick of having a bad offensive line and I'm bringing in the guy that will fix the offensive line. Like, that's what this hire is. If you are sick of having the, of having a bad O-line, this would be like, if you want to keep Kirk Cousins and then fix the O-line, like a lot of people, that's like their preferred way to fix the Vikings is keep Kirk Cousins, but get him an O-line. This would be the GM that's probably pointed at that. I don't know if he would or wouldn't keep Kirk Cousins, but like that would be the philosophy, I think. Or, you know, get a good O-line and get a different quarterback in here that like needs a good O-line or whatever, right? Now, I don't know if he would or wouldn't keep Kirk Cousins, but that's kind of beside the point. The point is he would fix the offensive line. If that's your number one priority, this is the guy for you. Um, he has kind of quietly been overseeing the Chiefs scouting department for a long time. And to me, he strikes me. This is like totally just my read on the guy, but he strikes me as a very even keel person, a very steady Eddie type of guy. This strikes me as the safe hire. Um, and there's a lot to like about the safe hire. With, with Ryan Poles. I like the risky ones better. I like Questy and Brandon Brown better, who are a little bit riskier hires, but I, I still like the safe hire plenty. Um, he talks a lot about the, anticipation was the word. Somebody asked him, you know, what did you learn from working with Brett Veach? And he said, anticipation, like it's the word that he always goes to. Um, and, you know, what's going to happen and let's have a plan A. And then if this happens, we'll go to plan B. And then if this happens, we'll go to plan C. So it's a different thing than Brandon Brown, who's like, I just want to keep everything open and be as maneuverable as possible. Whereas Ryan Poles is trying to anticipate things and plan for them. And I think that's how the Chiefs work. Um, obviously, he was in the college scouting side when they drafted Mahomes. That's a big plus, right? You, you got that one right. But I get a sense that when he's taking risks, he's picking his spot to take a risk. And he's not embracing risk and thinking outside the box and stuff as like a philosophy like Kwesi is. But it's a little bit more of a conservative approach. I don't think he's risk averse. I don't think any of these people are risk averse. But when compared to some of the wild stuff that other people on this list uh, have done and said, he does seem like somebody who is a little bit more about like like the Chiefs 
picked their spot. We are going to risk it all on Patrick Mahomes and we're going to pick our spot. And that's going to be the thing. And of course, the Chiefs built a great team. They won a Super Bowl. They went to another one and they might even go to a third here. But he's, I think, a little bit less aggressive than the people who just want to live in the risky world. He wants to pick his spot. The next one on my list is a very interesting one. Catherine Reich. Uh, she is the VP of football operations for the Philadelphia Eagles. And of course, Everybody would talk talked about this one a ton when it got announced late on, I think, Wednesday night because she's a girl and that's different. Um, so pretty much all of the ink that has been spilled on her, all of the research I could do was about her being like the first woman in this job or the highest ranking woman or blah, blah, blah. Um, that would be really neat to have the first female GM that didn't get the job because her owner was, or her dad was the owner of the team, which happened once in the 1980s. Um, but to somebody like get the job on merit and she's a really big fast riser and stuff, but I wanted to get a little more information. So here's what I have on that. Um, so she was a lawyer before football and she went and got like a law degree and that was what she went to school for, but football was the dream. And so she went and pursued the dream and it turns out it worked out. She went to the CFL. She was a front office person for the Montreal Alouettes for a while and I think the Toronto Argonauts too, um, and mostly did like contract negotiation stuff. But her GM at the Alouettes called her like a taskmaster where you could kind of give her anything and she's a no excuses. I'll just get it done for you kind of person like the, that kind of competence. Um, and she even talks about, you know, everybody asks her about like, what's it like to work with men? And she says, you know, a woman's touch helps sometimes and how she sees things. I, I think especially interpersonally, she sees things a little bit differently than some of her male colleagues might um, I, an interesting dynamic that she'll talk about, which is kind of fun. So she spent one year in the XFL, with the Tampa Bay Vipers, because Mark Tressman went there, took her with. Um, and then she gets hired by the Eagles. And she's been with the Eagles for a couple years now. With the Eagles, so she's only had two years of NFL experience. She's had some in the, in the CFL, but she's like insanely young. Like she's a, a puppy. But like with the Eagles, she did like pro scouting, but only for four teams. So she wasn't like the director of pro scouting. She just helped. And she wasn't like the director of college scouting, but she did have her her role in scouting some of the college players. And she did some philosophy stuff. It, it's similar to, to Quessy a little bit in that they don't really have like a path. They have an unorthodox path into the NFL, but that gives them this sort of all around experience that I think is really can, can be kind of exciting. You know, one thing I don't want in a GM is somebody who's only ever been on the college scouting side. Even if they're the best college scout ever, you're going to have to manage pro scouting. You're going to have to manage other scouts. You're going to have to manage the contract people. You're going to have to manage the operations people you're gonna have to manage and uh having a little bit of experience in all of the departments i think can be really valuable and, and Catherine reach has that i think mostly her strength comes on the contract side comes on the negotiation side and i think a big one is just the interpersonal relationships when she again when she's talking about like what's it like to work with men she says you know the players are the ones that are the easiest for her to get along with because nfl players motivated as they are will say i don't care who you are i don't care if you're an alien if you're gonna make me better i'm gonna listen to you and so the man woman dynamic doesn't matter as much to them. And I think I don't think we get that quote if she doesn't have an easy time establishing relationships with players and that has tangible dividends. And we've saw that with Rick and the Vikings too. tangible dividends for people who will take team friendly deals, people who will want to come to Minnesota. This would be to me a culture fixer hire. And we have a culture problem right now in Minnesota. The, there is distrust among the, the culture in the Vikings. And I think hiring Catherine Reich would fix that. They would probably be very good at contracts and negotiating. 
but she doesn't have a lot of scouting experience. Now, if the Vikings trust Jamal Stevenson, who would be like the director of scouting, I think he's the director of pro personnel or something right now, but he would probably have to run the scout. And if they have faith in him running the scouting department, this could be a great hire that would make you really, really strong in all the other areas. You just have to figure out how you're going to fill that particular weakness. Next up on the list is somebody I went back and forth on putting, uh, it's Monty Ossenford. I went back and forth on putting him above Catherine Raish or vice versa. I ended up putting Catherine Raish up top by just a little bit, but they're kind of in the same tier. Uh, same thing with Brandon Brown and Ryan Poles. I see them as a little interchangeable. If you disagree that one of those two should be on top of the other, I'm pretty close. So I wouldn't disagree with you. Monty Ossenford's a little bit more of a simple uh, evaluation. He was Bill Belichick's draft prep guy for like a decade and a half. Since 2003, he was Bill Belichick's draft prep guy all the way up until 2019. The Titans stole him away. Um, but th that's kind of funny because Bill Belichick is kind of known for for ignoring his scouts and his draft people. It's not unlike Howie Roseman, but with Belichick, it works. So it seems like a good thing. But he goes with like his gut and his instinct all the time. So he like doesn't trust the scouting reports. But Austin Fort wasn't a scout that or he wasn't in charge of the scouting. That was more Nick Casario's job in the, the Patriots front office, as far as I understand. Austin Fort's job was more about taking those evaluations and compiling them into a draft board, into a, a draft strategy, almost like a landscape. That is a little bit more exciting to me than if he was just like a scout Bill Belichick ignored all the time. I should also note that the... Patriots always had really short draft boards where most teams would have 250, 300 uh, prospects on their draft boards. The Patriots would always roll in with like 100, and that might be an Austin Fort thing. So maybe that becomes the Vikings thing. Something to figure out. Um, but anyways, he gets uh, poached to Tennessee, where he's now the director of pro personnel. They've had a couple of really, really strong off seasons, and they're chilling in the bye week right now. They don't have to play wildcard weekend in Tennessee. So that's working pretty well for them. I, I would definitely be on board with this hire. I think I'd be a little bit more excited about people with uh they, this one seems like a little bit more of a standard hire this is just like a guy who's worked up the ranks and would be a gm and he'd be kind of more of a rank and file this would again be a little bit more of a safe hire maybe too safe a hire um which is why he's a little lower on the list but all five of the people i have men mentioned so far i think i'd be down with there are three candidates left on this list that i want to go over with you um and i'll tell you why they're lower on the list but first let me tell you about grambling once you've figured out what you're going to bet on all this playoffs, you can go to betonline.ag. You can bet on who's going to win the conferences, who's going to win the Super Bowl itself. You can bet on individual games, of course, live betting prop stuff, all really, really exciting stuff. It's a brand new year. That means new websites. So they've updated all their stuff on both mobile and desktop. Just go to betonline.ag. Use promo code locked on when you sign up and you do your first deposit. You get a 50% welcome bonus. That means whatever your first deposit is, Half of it gets deposited directly into your account. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. I also want to talk to you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Of course, it's Built Bar. Built Bar, absolutely delicious. It is resolution season. We're all trying to be good. And that means when you get a late night chocolatey craving, you can't exactly go reach for some horrific candy bar with like 240 calories and 30 grams of sugar in it. How about you reach for a Built Bar instead? And you will crave a built bar like they are legit good they don't taste like oatmeal and, and talking yourself into settling <laughs> do not settle for mediocrity if there's one thing we've learned here on the lockdown vikings podcast update your secret stash with a built bar like 130 calories like four grams of sugar and it's chock full of 17 grams of protein and you're not going to know the difference so head on over to built bar Use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Let's continue onward 
with this list of GM candidates, we are to the bottom of the list. These are people I don't exactly like so much. The next two, I think, are more interchangeable to me. I go back and forth on these two. First of the of those is John Spitek, VP of Player Personnel for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'll explain why I'm not as into him. Um, I don't think I would, like, vehemently hate it, though. But he's basically been Jason Licht's right-hand man since, like, 2016. Um, his career has been a little rocky. He started as part of the scouting department, the, the director of college scouting um, in Cleveland from 2010 to 2012. Don't look those up <laughs> if you don't want to be scared of this guy. That was the Trent Richardson, Brandon Whedon era of Browns drafting. And that what came, he got hired and fired as part of multiple org shakeups that the Browns, I think, are still recovering from. Um, and he was fired after that. He had to take just a regular scouting job. And you take a demotion when you have a fail like that in Denver. Um, and he was actually a pro scout in Denver. So Denver brought him in as a pro, uh, on the pro scouting side instead of the college scouting side. And the pro scouting side of Denver had some success um, after that debacle in Cleveland, they had some pretty good free agent signings and that helped them win a Super Bowl in 2015. That's kind of, if you read his write-ups and his resume and stuff, they'll say, helped win a Super Bowl in 2015. Um, after that, Tampa Bay grabbed him and he became J Jason Lick's right-hand man. And I think this more defines who he is. Um, they built it really well, I think, in Tampa Bay on the whole. I think they did a really good job drafting. Those draft picks have really come around. Some of them took a while, but they were patient, appropriately so. Of course, bringing Tom Brady in is a huge slam dunk, and you've got the Mike Evans and the Chris Godwins and stuff and good free agent things. Even Scotty Miller's coming out now. Um, I think they've done a really good job over there in Tampa Bay building a consistent contender for as long as they have Tom Brady. Um, and they kept it all together. This last offseason was one of the greatest offseasons I've ever seen from a front office. Not only do did Tom Brady decide not to retire and to run it back one more time, they kept all 22 principal starters from a Super Bowl team. That never happens. That is an incredible accomplishment. The problem is, I don't know what John Spitek of all of that was responsible for or not. I, you could learn, if you were omnipotent, you could learn that he was really integral, integral to drafting Trent Richardson in Cleveland and then had nothing to do with getting Tom Brady in. Maybe he was against it, right? Like, you don't know. And so that worries me a little bit, and I couldn't find it. But that's a failure of my own, right? The Vikings probably have much more information on this and much more access than I do. This is just what I could Google. Um, he has two Super Bowl rings as a member of front offices, one with Manning, one with Brady. I think that's pretty cool. I know it's like, oh, can you do it without a crazy Hall of Fame quarterback? And who cares? Like, that was pretty cool, I think. But to me, this hire feels like the Bucks are very good, and they are, and they their front office is very good, and it is. Let's bring in a guy from that front office and hope that he can build it that way. Now, here's what I do like about Spytech, is that he has seen, been privy to at least, a couple of successful builds of teams from the ground up. In Denver, he watched a team go from the ground up and become a Peyton Manning contender. Um, in, in, in Tampa Bay especially, Tampa Bay was in the pits for a while, and they built a team from the ground up. And I think seeing that and hopefully being able to replicate it is really good, but that's what you're hoping, right? So there has to be some hope. It seems a little bit like, let's just look at the best run team in the league and take a guy from that front office rather than researching who the person is, what their philosophies are, and, and what kind of team that they would run. You know, what have the Bucks done that John Spitek disagrees with that we would be surprised about? I don't know the answer to that. 
the answer to that could totally turn me off of him. The answer to that could make him shoot up this list for me. But right now, this is where he's at. Next guy is uh, Glenn Cook. He is the VP of player first personnel for the Cleveland Browns. This is the second person from the Browns we're looking at. We have two Eagles people, two Browns people. Um, he was he started in Green Bay as a pro scout in the Ted Thompson era, which is hilarious because Ted Thompson very famously did not uh, sign free agents like ever and barely ever uh, extended his own people. They, I think, made pro scouting mistakes. Now, that's more of a Ted Thompson philosophy thing. I'm not going to blame the scouts um, unless the scouts were like, hey, by the way, Casey Hayward is secretly bad. And then you lose him and he becomes an all pro for the Chargers. Um, that if if Glenn Cook was the person making that recommendation, obviously that's bad. But again, we can't know. Um, and I don't really hold that against him because Ted Thompson was famously stingy about giving guys big contracts. Um, then Cleveland picked him up. And he became the director of pro scouting, and then they used that like a ton. And I'm going to call it a hit or miss time. He was a Sashi hire, um, and that was a hit or miss time for free agent signings. But there were a lot of free agent signings that worked really well, and it was a very aggressive style, which is what I see in uh, Glenn Cook. It would be a very aggressive free agency thing. If you're one of those people that sits there in free agency and the Vikings who are very famously patient and they always went for the second wave because that's where they thought the best deals were. If you hated that, if you're the kind of person that watched the tampering window come and go and the Vikings didn't give anybody interesting contracts and you, you freak out about it, Glenn Cook is your guy because I think Glenn Cook wants to be the, the most aggressive team in free agency going out and getting players for contracts without having to spend draft picks on them. That is a philosophy that I think he holds. And I think once he went from the pro scouting side in uh, Cleveland to becoming just director of player personnel, director of player personnel versus the director of the director of scouting is in charge of evaluating, right? They're in charge of managing the evaluators is maybe a better way to put it. But you're you're managing the opinions that come out of the team. You're trying to be right on players. When you're on the pro personnel side, you're decision making. You're taking those evaluations and provided that they're correct, you're turning them into a strategy and you're turning them into let's go after this guy let's make this contract let's trade this player those decisions when he went from the evaluating side to the decision making role they got way more aggressive which is part of why i think glenn cook would be a very aggressive free agency spender personally i don't like that i, I don't think that aggressively spending in free agency is correct i think the teams that do it the most Usually, I think a lot of free agency signings just don't work out the way you hope they do, especially the big, giant, overinflated contracts. I never be, want to be the team that spent the most in free agency. I much prefer a conservative approach to free agency and an aggressive approach to the draft. Um, I think if you are blowing a whole bunch of cap dollars in what is usually a pretty inflated market, especially the first couple days of free agency, money gets thrown around like crazy because everybody wants to be the first one there. And usually agents can say, hey, you got to give me this big deal. You got to give it to me now or we are gone. And there's this like weird sense of urgency that inflates prices. I think it's an inefficient market and I would not want to be the team participating in it the most. If you want proof of that, look no further than the New York Giants or the Jacksonville Jaguars. Two teams in a really bad straits right now, roster-wise, and I think a lot of that is because big, giant free agent contracts did not work out. You are taking huge risks, and you usually don't... Like, if you're going to risk a lot of resources, there are more efficient places to do it. 
So that's why Glenn Cook is a little bit lower on this list for me. And dead last on the list, and I would defend this pretty hard, I think there's a pretty big gap between Elliot Wolf and the rest of the people on this list. I could talk myself into anybody else on this list. I got a little worried about John Spytek. I don't really love the philosophy I think Glenn Cook would bring. Everybody else I could totally get, get down for. Elliot Wolf, I think, would be a mistake. And here's the reason. He is the son of Ron Wolf, who is a legend in Green Bay. Um, Ron Wolf was the one who brought in Brett Favre. He was like second year as GM. He traded for Brett Favre and he brought in that Green Bay dynasty where they won all those NFC North titles. Um, and his son has been around the team since he was like 10 years old. He wrote his first scouting report when he was 14. There is definitely no lack of experience here. In fact, he's probably the most experienced candidate on here. The way the Vikings are approaching this, that might not be a good thing, but he has plenty of experience because he's been around the game. Of course, there's a nepotism angle here that is a little awkward considering we just ousted a regime that had three coach sons on the, on the staff, but he got a ton of run with Ted Thompson. He was like the right-hand man of Ted Thompson, and it seemed like he was the heir apparent to um, take over when Ted Thompson left, stepped down, um, and I think it was 2017 when he did that, maybe 2018, when he when Ted Thompson stepped down, stepped down it seemed like Elliot Wolf was going to be the guy. But Brian Gutekunst got it. And Gutekunst, who uh, was below Elliot Wolf on the hierarchy at the time, he was, they hired somebody lower on the totem pole and Elliot Wolf got passed over for the job. He didn't like that. He left Cleveland, where the same thing happened to him. He joins John Dorsey in Cleveland during those years. Um, they did have some good drafts, and he's probably living off of that reputation right now, as well as the name of being the son of Ron Wolf. Um, but they can't, you know, he had those, those 2017, 2018 Browns drafts where they were working with all of those picks that Sashi got, um, and then Sashi got fired, but they still had all the draft picks Sashi like paid for. So it was those drafts and they got like Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield and, and Denzel Ward and the players that kind of comprise that Browns core right now. Those are pretty good drafts. And, uh, I would say that Elliot will probably had a big hand in those. So you can get some credit there. But then when John Dorsey left, he got passed over again, and they instead hired Andrew Barry from the Eagles. So this is twice now that he's been in an organization, had all the reason in the world to be in the good graces of that organization, and then those two organizations went elsewhere. Um, now he works for the Patriots. Bill Belichick brought him in as like a, a pro-personnel consultant, which is a weird Patriots thing. I think Bill Belichick is trying to listen to his people more, so they brought in like conventional, more normal people with more normal experience, and they're trying to be a little bit more of a normal front office than the Patriots kind of always went their own way with Bill Belichick, but I think the post-Brady era, they're approaching it a different way. So I don't know if I want to bring in the fail son that's seen as the normal guy around the league. He would probably be the most... Uh, criticizably safe, the most detrimentally safe, maybe is a better word, higher. Um, and I don't like that. I Give me the risk taker in Quessy or give me an outside the box hire like uh, Catherine Raish or somebody that, you know, really focuses on something like like Ryan Poles, somebody who who is willing to get into weird situations like Brandon Brown. Give me somebody with a little bit of juice. You know, I, I don't really think anything about Elliot Wolf is exciting. Um, except for the fact that he's the son of somebody who was exciting. And I think we've all learned here in Minnesota that that doesn't mean a lot. I think we should probably know that lesson by now. So I don't like Elliot Wolf. Um, maybe he's just being brought in to ask him about what the Patriots are doing, because that's always interesting. But I, I don't like him as a prospect at all. I think the rest of these guys I could probably talk myself into, and a few of them I could be excited about. So I know this has already gone crazy long, but real quick, a recap. My favorite 
Kwesi Adelfa Mensa. He is the Cleveland Browns super analytical Ivy League Wall Street guy. Um, my next favorite is Brandon Brown, the uh, Eagles guy that was on the pro scouting side for a long time. Pretty close third is Ryan Poles, who is the O-line focused, steady, heavy, kind of even keeled guy from Kansas City. The next up I like is Catherine Raich, um, also on the Eagles. Very, very green, um, but a very fresh perspective and a very diverse set of experiences, which is exciting. Very close to her and probably interchangeably, Monty Ossenfort, who was a Belichick draft aide for a very long time and is now doing a really good job with the Titans. Next up, John Spytek and Glenn Cook, I think, are close to me. I, I think I like Spytek more than Cook. Spytek, of course, Jason Lick's right-hand man in Tampa, Glenn Cook, um, who has done some aggressive drafting stuff and would be a very, very aggressive free agency GM, if you ask me. He's doing that with the Cleveland Browns right now, and I think that philosophy would pour it over here. And then last, Elliot Wolf, who is currently works with the New England Patriots, but has been passed over for GM jobs in the past. Um, and I ha- am very suspicious of that. That is a big red flag to me, and I want to make sure that that we've, we've got that uh, handled. So those are the eight GM candidates. There might be somebody internal. Um, No Ed Dodds on the list that's interesting. No Jeff Ireland on the list that's interesting. A lot of you really liked those two names. Not on the Vikings list. People who are like reputable, really well-reputed drafters. Not on the list. Really interesting stuff. Um, If we have time, I would love to have that conversation with you, but we're super out of time. So uh, I will see you all next week. We might have a GM decision sooner rather than later. This is the kind of thing that's going to go really fast. It might happen next week. Whatever happens, I'll be here with you to talk about it. Otherwise, we'll do Mock Draft Monday on Monday, of course, and Twitter Tuesday on Tuesday, and we'll keep it all going. This should be a really fun offseason to cover, so I hope you all stick around and, and hang out with me for it. In the meantime, check out the Locked On Bets podcast. They are uh, doing a great job over there helping you get your grambles straight. I will see you all tomorrow, and as always, skull. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.